Okay, we uh, were beginning at the end of the laws of tzedakah of Theor 1, we discussed the maximum amount when it comes to how much a person should be giving in terms of his tzedakah. <coughs> Excuse me, on page 350. So we saw the Gemara in the second to both Daphnon. There, Amarabi Lai, source number two. Uh, sorry, source 20 that a person who wants to disperse his money should not give more than 20% we saw from there that the language of the Gemara implies that that's not a target i.e. it's not that you have to give or should be giving 20% rather if a person wants to give more than 20%, you should know that it's not, it's not uh, you shouldn't do that. You can't give more than 20%. It didn't seem to imply from the Gemara that one has to give um, more than... You, you want to come out here? Because you can like to sit there. Um, good afternoon, Mr. Rothschild. Sorry? Is it cold? Oh, it's a bit cold. Okay, you want to turn off the aircon. So, we were discussing that the Gemara that talks about how much Sadaka should one give. So it said, that one shouldn't give more than 20%. So we pointed out that from the language of the Gemara, it seems that that's not necessarily a target. You don't have to give 20%. If a person wants to give, one shouldn't give more than 20%. Now look at the Ramah. The Ramah says, Now the person shouldn't give more than 20% because he might come to become needy on the community himself. Now, first of all, the Aruch HaShulchan tells us, Page 351. To redeem captives. Says This rule, this takana of Chazal, not to give more than 20%, does not apply to cases that have sakanat nefashot, pikuach nefesh. Whether it's redeeming captives, which generally Chazal understood people in captivity, their life is in danger, or whether we're dealing with people that, are, that might die of starvation, etc., etc. Now, the Avat Chesed gives also another few um, uh, limitations on this, uh, on when you can't go more than 20%. Says the Avat Chesed, Avat Chesed, the Chofetz Chaim, Im lo shemishu ashir muflag, if a person is a super wealthy person, he is not limited to the 20% uh, limitation. Remember, what was the reason given in the Gemara? One might himself, might become needy. Right? So a guy who's a billionaire, Zuckerberg or whatever these guys are, even if they would give 100 million, 200 million, 500 million, whatever, a few billion, they still, they're never going to become poor, at least not in their lifetime, right? 
So they're not going to need the community. So says the Gemara, says the Abad Chesed, the Chavitz Chaim, this limitation of 20% doesn't apply. Now I've heard that when you think, oh, who's a superbly rich person? And you're talking about the billionaires. I know uh, Rav Herschel Schechter, who's a Rosh Hashiva, not uh, wealthy, not even a CEO of a company. He says, I've got a fixed salary. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a thing. I'm an Asher Muflat. And therefore, I give more than 20%. No, no, no problem. That means that, that how you define who's an Asher Muflat, at least according to Rav Shechter, and I've heard this uh, uh, other opinions, uh, Rav, um, Rav uh, Ariel Levine used to have 100 shekels. That was his whole salary. He used to give 20%. You know, and many people, including myself, that we earn a lot more than 100 shekels. And, what, and what did Herschel Schechter say? Rav Herschel Schechter says that he himself, now he's not a millionaire, he's a, a regular teacher, he's a Rosh Hashiva. Yeah. He holds, he defines himself as an Ashir Muflag, which means that he can give more than 20%. He, 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 he says that he gives more than 20% to Tzedakah. Yeah. So that means that he's saying anyone, I would call it the middle class, according to Virgil Schechter, could be considered an Ashir Muflag. We don't usually think in those terms, but uh, first of all, it's a bit of a, we should give Hakarata Tov to Akash Baruch the Shefa that we have in our generation. Compared to previous generations, we are considered Ashirim Muflagim. Well, okay, that's... It depends, for example... Okay. No, no, for right. example, in the United States. Right. You can have a person who's making $250,000 a year. Right. That seems like quite a bit of money. Right. But, but he close if he has five children and they're going to yeshivas, he's spending twenty twenty-five thousand dollars right. each right. on the children, plus food, plus mortgage. I, I, I plus understand. I understand. Okay, everyone. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, we're not uh, judging anyone, and everyone will look at their own bank account. I'm just pointing out that it doesn't mean you have to be a billionaire to consider yourself an Ashir yeah. Mufla. Payment of I agree. It's part of the 20%. Could be. Could be that we will see that there's Rat Hashem, the payment of Chinuch could be I, I part just, of the 20%. Yes. I just wonder why the Gemara needs to give 20%. Why give a figure? Why not say, don't give so much that you've got nothing, that you have to rely on the community to, to keep you alive? That would answer all these questions and you get ready to give as much as the like, billions or half Because we, the Gemara learns it out from a Pasuk. Uh-huh. Aser to Aser. So it's we Hashem. learn from them, Aser to Aser is a double right. 10%. So that's oh, where we learned. So you learn that, that they, they didn't suck it out of the thin air. They mm-hmm. said, oh, you see the Pasuk talks about 20%, right? And because the Pasuk talks about 20%, 20% so the Chachamim okay. instituted it on, on 20%. What we didn't, uh, um, and that's really what the Beit Yosef, if you want to just, sorry, let's just finish the Avat Chesed. The Chovetz Chaim says, another time that you don't have to be limited by the 20% is... A person who is, is, is uh, close to the end of his life, right? And what's the whole concern? That he himself or she himself might be come needy and might need tzedakah. So a person on their deathbed or whatever it is, and you know, in, in a certain time where they, they realize that they're not going to need much more money, they also are not limited to the 20%. Right? Do you not have a, a, a responsibility to the Yorshu? 
you do have a responsibility to the Yarshim, and that's a bit of a machloket. How much of a responsibility you have to give to the Yarshim? Rav, if we live in Yerushalayim, so I'll quote Rav Chokachinsky, who writes in Gesher Achaim. Gesher Achaim is uh, all about uh, laws of Avelut and uh, things like that. So Gesher Achaim, Rav Chokachinsky says that the obligation to the Yarshim is 51%. So that means as follows. That means that Rav Chukachinsky, he passed like Rav Chesed, that before, close to his death, before he died, he wasn't limited by the Takana of Usha, and he could give more than 20%. However, he was marked to give only 49% to Tzedakah, so that 51% would still uh, go to his Yoshim. We're on page 352. Today, by the way, it's interesting... I, I know a lot of people who are in their 90s, right? And they're very nervous, right? That if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them Arichas Yomim, okay. that they're not going to have enough money. Okay, agreed, agreed. So yeah, every, every generation you have to work out what does it mean, a zaken and the things like that, and, and that you won't become needy on the briot. Agreed. In every generation, Baruch Hashem, we've been blessed in our generation, we have a living example with people that are living to Arichus Yamim and uh, Baruch Hashem, it's a big bracha and obviously one has to make the cheshbonot accordingly. Mm-hmm. C- certainly, I'm just pointing out that there is such a cloud that a person, before his, whenever he works it out, right, he doesn't, he's not limited by the 20%. Another cloud of the Chofetz Chaim, Sif Gimel, when one is giving it out uh, in, in a, almost like a haphazard manner. The word mabazbez is a very strange language. Mabazbez seems to imply almost haphazardly. You know, like a guy is uh, a bit spontaneous. He, he kind of just, uh, someone asks him for money, he just pulls out of his wallet and kind of disperses his money. Right? So he says like this, the guy's got a set salary, he's got his uh, income, he knows how much he gets, he's a sahir, and he's, he, he knows his budget, i.e. And he knows at the end of every month, he's still got an extra three or four thousand shekels uh, left over. Says the Chofetz Chaim, such a person, yeah, according to this might even be the lower class. Are you a person who is knows his budget, knows his uh, his income, knows his expenses, is not acting uh, in a in a in a very haphazard, irresponsible manner? According to the Chavetz Chaim, one can also give more than twenty percent. Okay, let's uh, let's move along to the the tour and the the uh, Beit Yosef. The tour says, where do we get this? Going back to the the Gemara, the Gemara said, "Hama bazbez, bazbez." The person who wants to give shouldn't give more than twenty percent. We ask the question: Is that twenty percent a target? I one should be aiming to give twenty percent, or was the Gemara saying, "No, I didn't say you have to give twenty percent." We were saying that if you want to give. Let's say 10% is, is what you should be giving. But if you want to give more, Peseda, but not more than 20. What is the Pshat of the Gemara? So look at the Torah. The Torah says, 
How much should a person be giving? In Yadoma Seget, if a person is able, he should give whatever the poor people need. In Enyadoma Seget, but if he can't afford you know, all the needs of the poor people, however much he can afford. What does that mean? Ad Chomesh Nechasav Mitzvah Min Hamuvchar. According to the tour, 20% is the target, i.e. That's what ideally we should be striving to give. The person who gives a tenth, that's, you know, that's okay. The person who gives less than 10%, that we would call a stingy person. That, that, that is not how a Jew should act. But according to the tour, he's understanding the Gemara I'm a Bazbez Ali Ali Bazbez to tell me Chomesh, but Chomesh one should be Mabazbez. Look at the Beit Yosef. The Kamalten, Ad Chomesh Nechasab, Mitzvah Minamukhar. The Beit Yosef is commenting on the tour. This isn't only the tour, this is also the Rambam. The Perg Narash in Nifatadai, the Gemara that we just quoted, Amara Bilai, the Bushit Kina, Mabazbez Ali Bazbez, you tell me Chomesh, and he's Tarek Lebriot. Says Beit Yosef, the pshat of the Gemara is not that one has to give twenty percent, or that's the mitzvah mina mufkar. Never. However, so according to the Bavli, it doesn't sound that that's what you know we should be striving to give. However, mitzvah. According to Yerushalmi, it sounds like there is a chiyuv to give 20%. Or mitzvah min whatever you want to call it. Begam mitalmud didan, and now comes the Beit Yosef and makes shalom with everyone. Gam mitalmud didan, even from our Gemara, i.e. the Talmud Babli, yesh ledaktek the mitzvah min amufchar lebaz bez chomesh. What? How did we get there? It's not from the language of the Gemara. The mighty lahat takanat ushamidichtib. Where did the Chachamim get it from? Where did they get this 20%? They bring a pasuk. The Gemara brings a pasuk. V'chol asher titen li aser asrenu lach. They're bringing a pasuk. So you have to say, well, what, what is that pasuk telling me? Yaakov Avinu, what was he doing? So Lichora, the, the Beit Yosef is saying, we learn now that, yeah, that's, that's how Jews should ideally try and act, similar to the Avot, similar to Yaakov Avinu, i.e. the 20% is a target and not just a limitation. Okay. And that's basically the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch's Psaq. Uh, he basically says, if you, you just, I'll just read one line, Chomesh Nechasav Mitzvah Minamuvcha, right? Basically says, 20% is Mitzvah Minamuvcha. Uh, now, how do you work out your master? Look at the bold line. This 20% or 10%, whatever amount you're going to go with, how do you work it out? The first year I got a million shekels. A million shekels, okay? So I have to, let's say I netted a million shekels. I have to give 200, or I should be giving 200,000 shekels. I'm left with 800,000 shekels. The next year I've still got my 800,000 shekels, but I only made... I only made um, 100,000 shekels, right? So I went from making a million to making a hundred. How much sadaka do I have to give? Of the 100,000, give 20%, I have to give 20,000. So I went from giving 200,000 to giving 20,000. Uh, 20, That's the cheshbon, right? 
Now, look at the Psakim Trubot. He says as follows. It sounded from the Torah. And this is a very important thing. Let's say you're talking about a billionaire. So, a billionaire is not necessarily limited to the 20%. We've already seen that. Someone knocks on his door. Says he needs to marry off his daughter. Weddings 200,000 shekels. Guy says he needs an operation. 250,000 shekels. Now, this guy's a billionaire. He could pay the entire amount. And another 500 people knocking on the door. And he could pay all of their expenses. And it wouldn't be a problem. He wouldn't feel it. Now, what did the tourist say? The tourist said, what's the mitzvah? If the person can afford it. Whatever the, whatever the poor people need. Okay? So, if we were to take the tour and the Shulchan Aruch, literally, it could be very well. Someone knocks on your door. You happen to be, uh, you know, Mr. Bill Gates. Um, the sailor, you should be paying. A guy needs an operation. A guy needs to marry off his daughter. You should be paying the full bill. Says the Psakim Uchuvot law. Explains. You don't have to fit the bill for every ani by yourself. The poor person has to go to the entire tzibor. And as a community, as a joint as a joint responsibility, we have to make sure that this guy can marry his daughter, etc., etc. That means, okay, so the guy who's a billionaire, he's not going to give the same that I'm going to give, right? I might give 20 shekels. He might have to give, I don't know, he might have to give 2,000 shekels, but he doesn't have to cover the whole bill. When might this be a bit tricky? And this I've had a personal experience with. Let's say you know a person, a friend of yours, who's, on, who's, who's now going through hard times. No one else knows. He comes to you as a confidant. And, and let's say you happen to be in the category of the billionaires, right? And you have a, a friend that, was str- that is always unstruggling, and he hasn't gone and told the rest of the community. Does he have to embarrass himself and go knocking on the door? And once he goes knocking on the door, then it's not, it's not on your shoulders, right? Because now it's a communal... He's, a, he's approached the community. Once he's approached the community... It's a communal responsibility. But if he only approaches you and you have the means, it is not clear. According from the Psakim and Trubot, it sounds like, no, he has a responsibility to knock on doors. But I can't remember, I saw in other poskim, they said, no, if you're the only person who knocks and he's too embarrassed and you can basically fit the bill, you should be fitting the bill, right? So that might be a uh, way that application of the tour and the Shulchan Aruch might have a practical ramification uh, when it comes, if it comes to Allah one should uh, one should ask a poske your 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 halachic authority because there is uh, some discussion about that scenario amongst the poske okay let's move on to the next shir masik sakim on page 371 now so we saw basically that there is a mitzvah of tzedakah and not only is there a mitzvah asay, there's a mitzvah lot asay. According to the smug, we saw there might even to be two separate labim if a person doesn't give tzedakah. But the question is, how much tzedakah? So we saw in last week's year a minimum amount, even an anishib Israel has to give approximately 15 shekels a year. Ayashlish shekel, which is approximately 
15 shekels a year, every person is chayav because you've got a mitzvah to give tzedakah. Just like an ani has a mitzvah to say kiddush, and that you know, comes with uh, an expense. So he's got a mitzvah to give tzedakah. So he's got to find 15 shekels to give on a year. The question is, what's the maximum? So we saw that this din, we, we don't really find in Chazal the, the maximum amount of tzedakah. Where, what have we found? We found this din of Usha. And the question is, is that a din of... Now, what is the relationship between Masek Safim and Hilchot Tzedakah? From my understanding, the Pshat of the Shulchan Aruch, how he understands it, is Masek Safim is basically the shear of Tzedakah that a person should be giving. Now, by stating that, you're really saying that Masek Safim is a function of Hilchot Tzedakah. Now, there could be nafkaminas mm-hmm. if I say the Masek Safim is a din in Hilchot Tzedakah, or it's not. But let's continue with that assumption that it is, and where do we get this from? This Masek Safim, right? this shir. Badai, if a person comes and asks you for money, so we said there's a mitzvah to say to give him whatever you can give him, so you can give him five shekels. That's a mitzvah tzedakah. But now, you could go the whole life, your whole year, giving five shekels. The guys, you've just made a million dollars. So, I don't know, you walk the streets of the Yerushalayim, you're still not going to give, you know, you're not going to get to giving $200,000 a year, right? So, where is there chiyuv to give this Masek Safim, which we said was, according to Mitzvah Minamubchar, 20%, but Benonit is 10%. So Tosvot quote, Aser ta Aser, it's a Gemara in Tanit, the Tosvot over there, Hacha Yitta Besifrei, he quotes a Sifri, Aser ta Aser, called Tvuat Zarecha, Hayotzea Sadecha Nashana. The Torah tells us, and this is a mitzvah Doraita that no one argues, that there is something called Maser Ani. Maser Ani, for the farmers, during the Shemitah cycle in Eretz Yisrael, on the third year and on the sixth year, they have to give certain amount of their produce to the Anim. That is a mitzvah Doraita. Comes along the Sifri and explains, Aini That is only referring to produce, you know, your wheat and your whatever it is. What about Ribit, Prakmatia, Says the Sifri, what about my salary? We're not farmers. Where do I know that you also have to give Maser Ani? Talmud Lomar et kol. The word et kol is coming to include avamati lemeim etuadcha. My kol. Why did the pasuk say kol? Leravot ribi prakmati yochol davar shemar viachbo. Anything that you gain, salary, etc., etc., shares, whatever it is, a person should be giving maser on that as well. Now, if this is the makor for maser shame, for for maser safin. It comes out that who should we specifically be giving it to? The Aniyim. Ay. There are many possible um, things that I want to give tzedakah to. I want to give tzedakah to Hachzakata Torah, to Yeshivas. I want to give, uh, I want to give tzedakah to poor people, and I want to give tzedakah to Achnasat Kala, and I want to give it to the building of the Beit Knesset, and, and, and Mizrahi, and Manigut uh, Toranit, and all these wonderful, wonderful uh, organizations. But if the basis is Maser Ani, is it so passionate that I can give to 
to, to anything else other than the Aniyim. Now, it sounds like according to the Toswat, this is actually a Din Doraita. He's quoting it from a Sifre, he's learning it out from a Pasuk. So, either it's an Asmachta, or it could even be a Din Doraita. Look at the Khatam Sofer. But that's only in the third and sixth year. That's so only in the third and sixth year. one and two and f- uh, four and five. I agree. I agree. It's uh, difficult to say that it is a Din Doraita, because we, we bet, but okay. That's a good kasha. But look at the Khatam Sofer. He quotes the Mario, the spirit of the Mario. What did he ask? He, he, he asked, how can it be that I have to give on a Doraita level every year to Dhaka if the source is based on Maser Ani and that was only in the third and the sixth year? Yeah. So it's very difficult to say that it's a Doraita Chiyuv every year, um, every year. I agree, it's a good kasha, it's a good kasha. Um, but nevertheless, there were poskim. Not many, but there were poskim that held that this chil of giving masik safim is, is actually a din doraita. As Mariel says, the chiyuv ha prashat masik safim humamash doraita. On the other hand, we have the shut of the Nod of Yehuda. In Kufmem Aleph, he says, the masik safim derabonen. So the Nod of Yehuda argues, he says it's derabonen, and then we have the famous shut of the Bach. The Bach says as follows: Miu einze ele b'maser ani mizera haaretz shi mitzvata seimina Torah. As we said, only what's written in the Torah is regarding giving produce. Aval masha damaser mimasher vaviach b'masau matan kksafim oshar vachim eno bichlal deyachol liten mimenu letzaka ulepidyon shfuim. He says, first of all, it's not connected to maser ani, and therefore I'm also not limited to the designation, the specific designation of only giving to Aniyim. I can give it to Pidyon Shuyim, I can give it to sick people, I can give it to maybe people learning Torah, I can maybe build a mikvah or maybe build a shul. According to the Bach, Masek Safim is not a Din Doraita, it's not a Din Dorabanan. So what is it? Minag Yisrael. Very important Minag. Minag Yisrael, we don't, uh, we in the, we in the three weeks. All the halachot today, what are they? They're minag. Ay, they're minag. But it's still halacha, but it's minag. Right? So it's not that you don't have to do it. But the, the obligation or the tokef of, of how much one has to be makpid or when there is room to be lenient is very important if we define this as a din doraita, a din doramanan, or minag. Many of the halachot brought in the Shulchan Aruch basically had the tokef of a minak. They had the, the halachic, what's the word, translation of tokef, the halachic um, force. Uh, force and status of a minak. Right? Now, why is that going to be important? Minak, sometimes a person can do hatarat nadarim, right, when a person isn't able to do it. Sometimes when there's a safek, one can be makel, right? Vadai, if it's a safek on a minak, if it's, and it's less than a Dirabanan, maybe we can be makel. And a few other things that, in certain cases, we can say that it, didn't, it doesn't apply. Okay. And that's basically what the Pitrei Tshuva brings down. The Pitrei Tshuva brings many, many achronim that basically su- support the opinion of the Bach. That it's not a Dorite, it's not a Dirabanan, it's only a Din, uh, it's only a, 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 a Minag uh, Biyamad. Now, says the Yalkut Yosef, Ledidan, according to our opinion, 
It's not an absolute obligation. And this is not only a good thing, but it's actually a siman bracha. The Gemara says, Yaser. person who wants to become rich, you should give your master money. And, uh, and not only that, the Navi says, It is the only place in the Gemara, and it's the only place brought down in Shulchan Aruch, that you're allowed to test the Kodesh Baruch Hu. You're allowed to test the Kodesh Baruch Hu, that if you give your Maser, you will not lose, you'll get it back. Right? And you can test it. And it's a tried and tested uh, uh, um, uh, a thing. You'll get your money back. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so now, says the... So that's what he's referring to. Now, if a person... Can't afford it. It is a very big leniency of the Yalkut Yosef. He's saying as follows. In general, and, and we'll see this in the Abba Chesed in the next source. In general, how do I work out my net income? There is... My gross income minus my business expenses, okay? And that gives me my net income. According to the Avat Chesed, that's what I have to give my Seron. Now, net income, I still have to pay my mortgage and all my household expenses and my, you know, the shopping, etc., etc. So I'm still going to have a lot of expenses, but that doesn't help me, i.e., I've still got to give my 10 or 20%, and then I cover all my expenses. Says Yalkut Yosef, if a person is struggling, he can first, let's say, get his salary minus the business expenses, then take off your household expenses, mortgage, etc., etc., and on that net amount, you can give your, your um, master. master. That is not the accepted suck in terms of. Obviously, if a person needs to, one can rely on it, but one should not uh, work it out that way. And that's what the Abad Chesed says inside. Um, the Abad Chesed, we have to read, it's very important. He says as follows. Uh, well, let's skip to um, Sif uh, Bet on page 374. You should do your at least biannually or, or minimum of uh, once a year. Let's say you, you had one month you did well and then another month you actually lost money. So it says Chofetz uh, Chaim, uh, it's not a problem. You, you, you designate at the end of you know, December the, the 30th, that's when you work out how much money you made in the year 2018 or 2019, and, and, and that way, you know, take the, the and, and you come out with a net figure, and on that you have to give if you saw that you you know you gave too much tzedakah or you gave too little less tzedakah, then you can uh, you can cover it the next year. Um, he says uh, one can actually give right. Uh, you can you can basically 
pledge money, assuming that you're going to get a certain income, it's a good way to, uh, to ensure that you're going to get the money. Just give it up front. And then, you know, that's, uh, that's another way of doing things. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Says, uh, what can you do with now? Now we're coming to the Shaila. What can you use for your Masik Sakh? So we've worked out how much you have to give, when you have to give, um, pretty much how you work it out, uh, what is the tokef of that obligation, you know, the force of that obligation, the right of the Rabbanat. Now what do you give it for? Says the Ramah, Don't use it to do mitzvahs. Kagon, they wrote Lebeta Knesset in the, in the, remember, before electricity. So, shuls, it was a lot of money they had to buy candles so that they could have a uh, marriage, right? So, people used to donate candles to the Beta Knesset. Sezerama, that's on Aliyamasek Safim, right? Or Shardvar Mitzah, Rakit Nenulaniim. Now, the Rama is basically being very, very selective. That if this is coming, the, the source of this din is, is from Maser Ani. And therefore, this should be used for Anim. And it shouldn't be used for Shar Dvar Mitzvah. Says the Shach. The Shach argues. Ben Asami Maser Shalom. Have a Mashal Badrisha Katvu Beshem Kruvat Maram. In the name of the Maram of Rottenberg. The Kol Mitzvah Shetavol Yadok Gon Yod Bal Brit. Either to be a Balbrit, apparently used to, people used to um, pay to be a Sunday, I think. Um, or just time, you know, you're the father and you've got to put out money for the thing. All of these mitzvot, and he wouldn't do the mitzvah without using maser money. He can use his maser money. Now, it seems like the Shach is understanding it similar to the Bach. I mean, this is a Minag in the end of the day, right? So because it's a Minag, we're not going to be so makpid on what you can use your Masek Safim on. Sorry? No, it's okay. Okay. So says the Psakim Uchuvot, Ulamayseh, the Ikar Maser, a person should be given to poor people. Those people that are sitting and learning Torah. Because the essence of Maser was, in, was originally... Uh, instituted in order to strengthen those who are learning Torah. A person can give at least the majority to the Anim or at least half of it. So it's coming out like this, that a person wants to give a big donation to the shul. He should not use more than 50% of his massive money to go to the shul. Probably even less than that, you know. He says... Uh, the majority of one's money should be going to Anim. Now, Anim can also be, people that are learning Torah can also be Anim, right? So you, you kind of, you're being machzik the Torah and you're also being machzik Anim. Um, you can have poor people that are sick. So, you, you know, that's also, Hachnasat uh, Kala can also be a poor person. So it could, you know, in the, in the 
the big category of things that could you could cover a lot of blocks. Um, I want to say an interesting chiluk uh, of the Vilna Gaon. Vilna Gaon basically said like this. The first 10% a person should be makbid to give only to the anir. The next 10%, you can be very makal in terms of how you define what you're giving. Now, I've heard in the name, and it's an interesting shayla. We all pay bituach lomi. If you're living in Israel, you pay bituach lomi. Right? What is bituach lomi? Bituach lomi basically... Uh, goes to help the poor, the poorer people of the society. That's that's pretty much what it goes to. It doesn't go to building roads. It goes specifically for bituach lomi on a national level. So whatever you make, you give bituach lomi. So I've heard the argument that basically some people want to use it as part of their ten percent. I think that's very uh, one definitely shouldn't use that as part of the ten percent. But maybe to get to twenty percent, one could include. One could include the bituach lomi as part of the cheshbon, right? And we'll see there are other things that maybe one could include to get to the 20%, such as chinuch for, for kids. And we'll see, it's not so pashut. Can you use uh, masa money for chinuch for kids? But it could be that if we're going on not on the first 10%, but on the second 10%, then it would be okay. Now, um, look, at the, um, look at the case of chinuch. The Gemara basically says, when is there a chiyuv to support one's children? Up to age six. Basically, after age six, kids are on their own, and uh, the Gemara you know, says a person should, should uh, feed his children. But it's midin tzedakah. That's midin tzedakah. Are you after age six, you, you feed your kids, it's a din tzedakah. If it's a din tzedakah, so maybe you can use your masik safi. On the other hand, if Masik Safim is not connected to Yilchot Tzedakah, maybe you can't. Right? We saw that it's not clear. Is Masik Safim and Yilchot Tzedakah, are they one and the same? Or they might be slightly different. But look at the Shach. The, the mitzvot that are incumbent upon a father to a child mm-hmm. is, for example, to teach him a trade. Correct. He's supposed to do that before he reaches age six. Yes. The father is responsible, isn't the child? Good try, I don't know. Most of those, most of the things over there was also to marry him, or was also to. Um, I'm not sure if that, that means that there's a financial. You can teach your son a trade. Why is that a financial issue? You're a tailor, you teach your son to be a tailor. Where did they get the age six from? What's a makar for? What's a makar? For age six. Uh, I don't know where Chazal... The Chazal often find that in age six a kid is independent. The Gemara in the beginning of Sukkah talks about it. But basically from age six. It's also din and chinuch. And it's also that we, we assume that they're independent. They, you know, they're understanding enough that they can go out and work. They can go out and work. They can go out and learn. They can, there's a certain level of you now to teach them in terms of chinuch. So that is the, the basic understanding. And it might not be six exactly. The Gemara says in Chinuch that, you know, some kids five, some kids seven. But Be'erich, it's, it's around that age. So I imagine once a kid understands how the world works, he can go and get a job. It's considered cotton shegi on the Chinuch. Right. He's six, seven years old. Yeah. Yeah. So now, says the Gemara, the Gemara basically talks about cotton shegi on the Chinuch, that he doesn't call his mother, he knows how to go to the bathroom by himself. In general, today, it's, it, it, it really is around that age. Um, okay, now says the, the Shach. The Shach says, 
ובתשובת מרם מרוטנבורג, he says as follows, כתב, ולפזר מעשרותיו לעניים, צריך לבנים הגדולים, שאינו חייב לטפל בהם, מותר. ואפילו לאביו מותר לתת אם הוא עני משום כבוד אביו, אבל, אבל ובכל שכן לבניו זה מותר, במקום שאין בעיר תקנה לתת לכיס של צדקה. ומשמע זה מותר, אפילו יש בידו יכולת לפרנס ממקום אחר, זה הווה צדקה כדלקמן. בייסיקלי, לשחי סיין. אוף דה סיקס, יכן קאנטר את צדקה, בחיוב אין. There is the opinion of the Shach, however the Taz says, Teda, Dama she'adam zan banav ha'ktanim amirin perkam na'rashipatada da'havi b'chlal osei tzedakah b'kol eit, the Gemara brings a pasuk in Tehillim. Pasuk in Tehillim, I can't remember the exact pasuk, but it's something like, osei tzedakah, rodef tzedakah, what's the pasuk? Rodef tzedakah before b'chol eit. I can't remember the exact pasuk. So the Gemara over there asks, How do you give tzedakah every second? What, do you think a person is knocking on your door every second? So Gemara answers, Hazan et Banav. person is continually looking after his children, feeding them, etc. That's considered constant giving of tzedakah. So what do we see from Yah? That giving, feeding children is considered tzedakah. That's how the Gemara learns it out. So it says the Taz, So it says like that, Dahan ve bichla osei tzedakah b'cholek. Yisi chalv kedaitach sheyotzi adam maaseh shelo lazun banav aktanim. So he says like this, Um, that was what regarding the Ketanim. But on the people above, what do you think that you would, it makes sense to give your, your, your older kids tzedakah? Look at the Aruch HaShulchan. Aval tzahat banav umletav ha-Ketanim. Afagav dedarshin v'aseh tzedakah b'chol eit zeh zane banav umletav k'shen Ketanim. No, don't think that that's tzedakah. It's called tzedakah, but it's not, not what you give your tzedakah funding to. Chazal were just dashing it out. Every person has a chiyot to look after his kids. Don't think that, you know, you, you can be yotze, but this is your tzedakah. Because if that's the case, every person will just look after his kids. No one will pay any tzedakah to anyone else. And the whole thing, that cannot be, says Aruch HaShulchan, just mistaber, that that's not what the Torah wanted. Pashat. That's, that, that's basically his answer. And, and Chazal didn't mean it on a literal level. And that's, uh, that's his answer. So, what do we do in terms of Halach uh, Ramayi Selmas? הנוהג says the Yalkut Yosef, הנוהג להפריד מעות מעשה ממשכותו מקור רווחיו, רשאי לנקות מבני המעשה דמי פרנסת וכלכלת בניו ובנותיו הגדולים, היתרים על גיל ושש שנים, I above six, יאללה, אפילו אם הם סמוכים על שולחנו, even though they are reliant upon you, ועל זה אני פניו ובנותיו נחשב כל סץ לקה בכל עת, וכן רשאי לסייע ממעות מעשה. הוצאות נישואי בניו ומנותיו, כגון לצורך דירה ורהיטים, כדי שיוכלו לבנות את ביתם. ויאלקות יוסף בסקלי is taking a very lenient approach, and he basically says, looking after your kids over the age 6 is basically acceptable, you can use your mass and money for it. והערוך השולחן was dead against it, רב משה פיינשטיין also says, I can't remember if he says up until age 18 or up until age 20, he says now that according to the law, a person is obligated to look after their, their kids, 
until I think age 18. So Vadai, he says that, that you shouldn't be taking Masek um, Safim for your children. Now, it could be, and here, this is where a lot of Poskim say, listen, you, you have a, a Chiyot to send your kid to school. There's a, there's a school, and then there's a school with the extra Talmud Torah, or whatever it is, you know, with extra teacher. They, 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 you, you have to send them to the school. It's a, you know, I send my kids now, my older kids got a premium. It's like 15 times the price of, of, of what you would pay for regularly. Why? They sleep there, there's more sure in, etc., etc. So the question would be, could you say, even according to the lenient opinion, the, the Mahmer opinion, that, okay, I can't take away, you know, I've got to pay for my kids' schooling. But between the difference, between the two schools, maybe that difference one can, t- can take into account Masak Safim. My personal opinion is, shouldn't do it within the 10%. But if you try to reach your 20%, that's when one can be lenient and take all these things into account to say also that might be the 20% that I'm trying to reach. But definitely not in the 10%. What? Ask your local rabbinical doctor. Yeah, yeah. So it says down here. No, no, no. no, no. A lot of these things, it's, uh, it's, uh, you have to see how, how much a person is doing. In the end of the day, we saw begetter, it's a begetter of the minak. Uh, so that means mm. that the tokef isn't, isn't uh, like it's, uh, you know, the exact parameters of a sukkah that, you know, it's sheval, shevet, is and, you know, anything less than that, it's puzzle. You have to, yeah. Nowadays, we also have the issue of grandchildren. How does that fit in? So, grandchildren can also be that a person, the, the Torah the Torah says, or the Pasuk says, from your flesh, you cannot um, ignore. Right? You shouldn't ignore your flesh. The Gemara learns from that that basically there's a chiyuv. Your first chiyuv is to take care of your family. Who is that? First and foremost, yourself. The chiyuv, first and foremost, is that you, 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 yourself. After that, your wife. After that, your children under six. After that, your parents. After that, your children over six. After that, basically, grandchildren, grandparents, and siblings. And then, you know, maternal, pater, uh, uh, paternal, maternal, and, and goes and goes. Right? But by die, that, um, that there is a, 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 the chiyuv of tzedakah, first and foremost, if p- people have family that need help, they are uh, first in line. Now, what does it mean they are first in line? You have a grandchild or you have a, some relative that cannot afford um, to send his kids to a ketana during the Chofesh Agadol, right? On the other hand, you have a person who's not your relative, but he's, he's uh, you know, he's starving, and if you don't feed him, you know, or there might be pikuach nefesh issues. So you also, you have to weigh up, when it comes to how the halacha of masik suffering is actually quite, uh, it's quite complicated. On the, you, you almost have a grid. The one grid is the relationship of the person to you. How close is he? And in that, I'll say it outside, the Gemara says, Right? First of all, the poor of your town. So you first and foremost, you have your Krovim, your relatives. After your Krovim, you have your Aniyei Irecha. How do you define Aniyei Irecha? So, so what, what, why Aniyei Irecha? 
So there could be two reasons. Why do you have to look after the poor people of your town? Because historically, if you don't look after the people in your town, no one else is going to look after them. I.e., there's an added responsibility for you, for the people in your town. Number two, you're getting benefit. I.e., these are people, these are mosdot, these are things in your town that are giving some type of benefit directly to you. Says Rav Herschel Shechda, again I'm quoting the Rosh Hashiva of Ayu, he says, Recha in our times doesn't necessarily mean a geographic uh, 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 location. That means I could be living in, uh, I could be living in New York, right? And uh, I could, there could be a shiva down the road. That's a, you know, aniyeyirecha. But I, I've never spoken to the people. I've never spoken to those people. On the other hand, I went to yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. And I know the rabbeim. And they, on the one hand, had a big impact on my life. And on the other hand, they asking me for money. Who's considered aniyeyirecha? Says Rav Shechtev, I the yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael... Is close is considered an yeyirecha because you are their people that they are depending on. They're depending on their graduates, right? Whereas, well, we'll get to Eretz Yisrael in a moment. We'll get we'll get to Eretz Yisrael in a moment. Even if it wasn't Eretz Yisrael, yeah, the guy went to Lakewood, right? Okay, Lakewood. So the, the point number one is point number one is it's not necessarily a geographical thing. It's a question of your connection to that place and their dependency on you. You shiver down the road. You've never spoken to them. They don't know you, etc., etc. Okay. Number two, the next thing of uh, is Aniyei Eretz Yisrael. We saw that from last week's year. We learned it out from the actual Pasuk, right? Bisharecha ba'artzacha Aniyei Eretz Yisrael kodmim la'aniyei chutzlaretz. Why is that? The Chatam Sofer understands that basically why? Because we are all citizens of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Aniyei Eretz Yisrael have the din of Aniyei Yirecha. The Abnezer says no. says it's a din in Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. I.e., by a person fulfilling, by a person giving money to Aniyim in Eretz Yisrael, not only fulfill the mitzvah of Tzedakah, but you also fulfill the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. You're strengthening the Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael. Right? And that's, it says Abnezer, that's why it, ha- it takes precedence. So, on the one scale, we have people and their relationship to you in terms of Krovim, Aniyei Recha, whatever the definition of Aniyei Recha is, and Aniyei Eretz Yisrael. On the other hand, we have, and uh, we're not going to manage to do everything, it's actually not brought all of these sources inside, so I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll say it outside. There seems to be a bit of a contradiction within the Shulchan Aruch, within the Shulchan Aruch himself. On the one hand, the Shulchan Aruch tells us that Ein Mitzvah Gdola Mi Fuyim, i.e., redeeming captives or anything to do with Pikoach Nefesh, that is the ultimate. Um, that is the ultimate thing. The second is the Gemara in Machbot, um, yeah. No, it's not brought. Um, it's not brought. There's a Gemara, I can't remember. I think it's actually uh, Yerushalmi. That there was a Machloket, there were Amorayim. They walked past a um, Ramichama, I think it was. Walked past um, a, a Beit Knesset. And he said, wow, how much money my forefathers put in 
to build this Beit Knesset. And he was very proud. And Rabbi Shaya turns around to him and he says, How many people suffered? How many people your forefathers killed because they gave money to the Beit Knesset, to the building of the Beit Knesset? Why? Because they should, you should, they should have given it to the Aniyim. I.e., the Aniyim lost out because your forefathers donated to the Beit Knesset. The Ma'aril learns out from there as follows. That the Chiyuv number one is to look after Aniyim. But what type of Aniyim? Besakanat Nefashot. After that, Mitzvah to give to Beit Knesset. After that, Stam Aniyim. So here it sounds like giving to Beit Knesset comes before Stamanim. Right? So that's a chidush of the, the, the Maril. And the Poskim debate whether to accept that Maril or not. But it's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch that giving money to, 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 uh, to uh, Beit Knesset is very important. Then it says, Ein mitzvah gdola yoter miachnasat kala. achnasat kala. Right? So how do you balance all of these uh, things? And then, Hachzakat Torah. Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. So, how do you balance, number one, what is the correct allocation in terms of correct causes? And then, how do you balance that in terms of your connection to the specific people? And the Rambam, when he talks about Hilchot Tzedakah, he talks about that you have to have Gabaim that are Chachamim. Chachamim means they know the Halacha. Nemanim means they're trustworthy. V'nevonim. What's nevonim? So nevonim means, I think, it means that you have to use your seichel. It means that it's not a clear-cut thing. And the poskim kind of basically say, this is an important cause. You see in the Shulchan Aruch, in in there are about 13 simanim in terms of Yilchot Tzedakah. And in four places he says, this is the most important uh, uh, um, cause. So, so go figure. How, do, how does that work? So it means they're all important. The Gemara says, if we, uh, if you just skip to um, page three hundred ninety-three, the Gemara in Eruvin, Bazavta, Kolanoten Matnotav Anyone who gives his uh, gifts to one Kohen, there were many gifts in the times of uh, the Chumash. You know that you have to give to the in the Beit Hamikdash. You have to give to the Kohen. Maybe Rab Lo Olam, you cause. Rav, you cause famine to come to the world. You got to share it. You got to you got to spread it spread it out. And therefore, you should be giving also to Daniel, also to Achzakat Torah, also to the Beit Knesset, also to the Achnasat Kala. You shouldn't give it to one person, right? You should you should spread it out. But then again, the question is, what is the ratio, and how much you're giving to your local community? How much you're giving to Eretz Yisrael? So I've heard different opinions. Some say 75% to your local community, 25% to Eretz Yisrael. Some say flip the numbers. Um, and we saw, according to the Ramah, he held that one should give specifically Dafka to Aniyim, right? Um, but the Shach and other, other poskim argue that you don't need to. And Vadai, you know, if it's uh, 50%, you're giving 50% to, um, to Aniyim, the rest, Vadai, you can cover all these other causes. And according to the Vilna Gaon, once you reach the 10% mark, then you really are, are free at your own disposal. I'll just end off with Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein got a very interesting shuva, where it sounds like all of these halachot, of you know, who you should give to priorities, Chazal are giving a recommendation, which means that in the end of the day, a person has to feel 
what he thinks is important. And the Torah is giving us that uh, room to, to say, you know, I think this is important and, and, and you're allowed to give it, right? So that is there's a bit of a debate how to understand the truth of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, but it seems to be also the Tzela Chochma there and uh, Rabbi Menashe Klein, if I'm not mistaken, was saying that also, you know, there is room for a person to make his own Cheshboinus as well. Yeah. I mean, what, one of the questions that practically comes up is uh, how could you give money for a park, for a philharmonic orchestra, actually, besides the Aniyam, shouldn't you be giving all of your money for hospital beds and pikuach nefesh? So I heard once, many years ago, from Rabbi Moshe Tendler, yeah. that besides having life, there's also an, an idea of eichut hachayim. Right. It's not just that a person should be alive, but uh, how can we give money to Karen Kayema to plant trees? Why are we giving it to Aniam or to buy defibrillators or something like that? But you, you need to have a quality of life, not just not just to live. Interesting. Okay. So well, there are museums, there are libraries, there are could be. But, well, but, but one thing I do say, I'm sure even a bartender would say that it shouldn't be the majority of one's uh, oh, of one's uh, master. If you're running at a loss. Sorry? If you're running at a loss. You're running at a loss, you know, I never heal. You have got 15 shekels. You've got 15 shekels, you have to give once a year. But if you're running at a loss, more than that, because it's going down and down and down, you're into the pain, you're reaching your assets, and it's for you. No. Lechor or not. If you not, if you didn't get any income, net income for that year, you have nothing to give Masik Sapim, other than fifteen shekels. Then Machmirim to say it's not fifteen, it's hundred or whatever. So that, and then you come. I'm not sure that John and he is what applies today, where we have everything now. That has taxation, that has rich people, right? That functions like a Medina. I think when it talks about it was former times where really there was no help for me. Interesting. Could be. Could be. No, no. Time, yes, I How do you switch it off? <laughs>